and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. So I want to start a brand new collection of, I want to call them a conversation that we're having as family. And I believe God is marking our community for a reason. Do you believe that? Did you feel today? I want to acknowledge this. Did you feel today when we started to sing Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Jireh, how the room shifted? Listen, we've got to learn to acknowledge what God is doing. And what he's wanting to do is he's wanting to reveal himself to a people. He's wanting us to understand, not through a pastor, not through a message, not from a book, but he's wanting to, as we come together and we lift up our hearts in worship, he is wanting to reveal himself to you. This is deliverance. Deliverance is us acknowledging and recognizing who God is and allowing that reality to flood our hearts. It's like he is, he is deconstructing. That's what I feel he's doing right now. He is deconstructing so he can reconstruct. And make no mistake, there are things that need to be reconstructed. And so one of the things I have on my heart and really my spiritual father, we've really been leaning in and we've been using this language that God is raising up a Levitical community. He's raising up a group of people, and sometimes we get in there like, what does that even mean? Like, what, God, God, what does that mean? How, how can I be a part of that? I don't understand that. And what I want to do for this next season is I want to put language to what I feel God is calling us to do. Yeah, come on. This isn't us going back to Old Testament and making sacrifices, but, but there's a heart posture behind the people that God chose, and he chose them for a reason. And so watch this. You go to a lot of churches, and they love the scripture. Oh, God is doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. And every week we gather and we do the same old crap. It's like the the same rhythm. It's the same machine. And so in order for God to construct, to build something, something has to be torn down. So so as things shift, it's not. This has never been about us being the priority. We never came into this community when there was 10 people here. It was never about, God, what can you do for us? It was always, God, how can we build you an altar? God, I believe he's wanting to mark people with this. Some of you, man, I have faith. You look confused. You're going to catch it. You're going to catch the reality that God is, he's trying to catch you up. He's trying to call you up. And it's not about your baggage. It's not about your, it's not even about how much you understand it. What he's looking for is a yes. Man, we underestimate the power of what God can do with a yes. We underestimate. We talk about surrender, and we think in surrender in terms of me having to get rid of all of my stuff. No, your yes is unto him. Christianity is not about your your, your sequences of no's. That's what we've done in the church. If you want to be a good Christian, then you say no to this and no to this and no to this. And it becomes this series of, it's, it's called religion. And he's wanting to deliver us to, to be consecrated unto one yes. Come on. <laughs> yes. And so he's delivering us from structures, from ideologies, from mindsets. You feel it in the room. It's like, what do we really have to worship him for one hour? What are we talking about? And he's teaching us to properly respond to him. There is a proper response. So like you watch the news. When the president or the pope, when, pe- when those people walk into a room, there is a response. You may not like the response. You may not respect them. But re- regardless, there is a response. And I have it in my heart. If a man walks into a room 
and demands a response, how much more our king? We sing songs. I, I know, we sing songs and it's good. But he's wanting to connect what comes out of our mouth to our hearts. And it's not difficult. Say, it's not hard. He has made loving him easy. And that's why we get in a room like this and you feel it. It's not about how loud you sing. It's not about how high you jump. It's not about how you speak in songs or don't. It's about a heart yielded to him. Saying, Jesus, I just, I bring myself to you. Every part. So he's deconstructing. He's, that, that's why we, we, we felt so, so adamantly to move away from certain things. And as we do, you're going to see we're going to continue. Like, that's weird. That's not the way we do church. That's fine. I don't want to do the way people have done church. I want to believe. I want to believe him for more. I want to believe that he's really going to walk into rooms and turn hearts. I want to believe that our buildings are not big enough to contain the harvest. I want to believe that his glory will dwell on a people. Man, I want to read the book and be convicted by it. I want to not be okay that there was a people that were delivered from Egypt and the presence of God dwelt among them. If that could happen in the Old Testament, I want to know what could happen today. Are you alive? Come on, he's awakening our spirits. And I want to say this, I want to dismantle this. You don't have to have the right language. You don't have to have, you don't have, to have it all together. I believe what he's asking us to do in this season is to just jump on the train. To just jump on the train. They're like, well, what am I leaving behind? I want to say to you, anything you're holding on to that God is asking you to release is worth nothing in comparison to where he's taking you. It's worth nothing. I'm telling you, I've been doing this since 08, and God has asked me to give up a lot, but there's not one thing I wouldn't give up to step into what he's called us to do today. And as a community, we are collectively saying yes to that. We're collectively saying yes to the prayer rooms. We're collectively saying yes to family, community, and we are believing for revival. I only need a few. I only need a few. I only need a few to catch, get caught up, and be convicted. To, be, to, to catch the dream that God has called us to as a people, establish a habitation. Well, what about the programs? He is the program. What about the, he is, he is everything. And I believe in this hour, he's not leaving us alone. He won't force you to love him, but he won't stop pursuing you either. He is relentless in his pursuit. And so I lie awake at night, and I'm like, God, you have to do it. We can't do it. If, if pastoring has taught me anything, it's how much I can't do. Like how utterly, helplessly dependent we have to be on him. <laughs> so, so, so the Levitical people, there was a group of people that were, they were slaves in Egypt. And they were God's people. And after 400 and something years of crying out, God delivers them. And he brings them out of their slavery and bondage. You understand that the whole Old Testament is a type and shadow. It should speak something to us. So like if you're here, you said yes to Jesus, you were in a season of slavery, but you've said yes and now you are free. They were delivered by the hand of Moses, which is none of us in the room. Moses is a type of Jesus. Nobody hears Moses. I'm not Moses. You're not Moses. He's Moses. He delivers. And he leads us 
And as he was leading them through this desert into promise, he, they were divided into different families. There were 12 tribes. And every tribe had, had, a, had a specific mandate that was given to them. Some of them were to be out front. Some of them were to be to war. Some of them were to battle. But there was one group of people that they were separated. They were consecrated. And they came from the tribe of Levi. And he pulled them to the side. And he, this is what you have to catch and see. That God's whole purpose for leading them is he wanted to dwell among them. He didn't want them to have a judge. He didn't want them to have a king. He wanted to rule and reign among the people. In the midst of their brokenness, in the midst of their bondage, in the midst of their dysfunction, he wanted to encamp right in the middle of that. And as he was trying to do that, which I believe he's wanting to do today, I believe God is wanting to take the center stage. I believe he's wanting pastors to get out of the way, ministries to move out of the way. He wants to rush in. And so they were encamped. And in the middle of this camp, the presence of God, it dwelt. I don't care if you believe it or not. It's truth. The presence of God dwelt in the middle of the camp. And they were a people that their sole purpose, their sole, their sole existence was to tend to his presence. Oh, I feel the Lord, man. Like, well, what about the people? Here's what they understood. If the presence was taken care of, if he was tended to, the people would be all right. And so their whole, their whole life, as they, some, they picked up the tabernacle, see, there was a tent of meeting. There was a tent of meeting, and in the tent dwelt the presence of God. And it was holy. It was holy. You couldn't just walk up in that room. There was a right way and a wrong way to approach the tent. And in that place, there could be no uncleanliness. They were called, these people were called for a season. This is why some of you in the room, you feel so uncomfortable. It's because in this, if you're in this room, God will not allow you to be halfway in and halfway out. I don't believe it's just this room. I believe it's what he's doing across the earth. I believe he's calling a people to be all in. You know, sometimes I'm watching TV and I, I stop on, I, don't, I think it's ESPN, they're playing poker. Don't be, don't be religious. And I watch it. Some of you are like, oh, really? Stop. I'm watching it. But, but the, really, the reason that I watch it is all for one moment. Like I'm watching, I could be watching sometimes 30 minutes. And it's all for this moment where there's a guy who has, he has a hand he believes in. In this moment, there's something he's holding in his hand that says, it don't matter what else is on the table. Are you getting where I'm going? And he had, it doesn't matter how, I'm all in. And so I know, I know some of you are like, this is crazy. Like, he's really all that. I, I've, I have found the card. Like, I have found something in my life that I've, like, I'm going to give everything to this. And as a family, not as a church, as a family, I'm asking us to go on a journey to find out who this God is, to figure out, did you know that God, he can be moved? The Levitical people were, they were to tend to his presence, but they understood that he can be moved both good and bad, that there were things that made him glad and there were things that grieved him. 
I know we don't want to talk about that. See how it gets quiet? No, no, no. There are things that grieve him. I'm not even talking about sin. Let's move. Let's be, let's be delivered from that. I believe a church that does not pray grieves him. I believe a people who choose to not dream God dreams grieve him. I believe when we sit in rooms and we strategize to make people happy, it grieves him. So, so we have, listen, as a team, even as an executive team, we've just sat down and said, what would it look like to build him a house where the sole question, the sole purpose is, are we making him glad? Are you hearing me? Like, like, did we move his heart? Like, what would have happened if we would have just waited another 15 minutes? What would have happened if we just would have yielded to something like my wife was saying, we don't understand the whole Jewish thing, but we know it's something there, so we're just leaning in. We're just leaning, like, God, I know that you have more for us. <laughs> so he's, we will, say we will. We will raise up a God-first Levitical community. We, look at me, we will. We will establish prayer rooms where his heart is tended to. We will continue to build and cultivate the ground. It's fallow ground. I believe God is wanting to do, oh, you, you know, I have so much more faith in you right now. I believe that there will be a radical shift in our region. I believe that God's glory is going to dwell. <laughs> Pastor Chucho's like glory perimeter. But you know, it's funny, we joke around. There was a guy who came on Wednesday nights, never been one of Bobby's friends. Bobby led prayer set and killed it on Wednesday night. Thank you, bro. They started singing Adonai, and the whole room turned. In some kind of reggae. I don't even know what you were doing. It was amazing. It was a reggae beat. I was like, what is happening? I'm getting caught up. But we were in the room, and there was a guy playing the bass, and he was talking. He said, hey, listen, I, I walk into a lot of churches He's like, and you could feel the presence of God. He said, but the moment I drove onto the property, I felt his presence. Yes. You don't believe, you don't believe that can really happen. I'm telling you, it's only going to get more and more. It's going to expand. Let me read to you a scripture that's going to mess with you. Habakkuk 2. I don't even know if I said that right. It's a book in the Bible. 2.14. Yeah, something like that. Stop. Well, listen to this. For the earth will be filled. Say filled. filled. Doesn't say a building will be filled. Doesn't even say a person will be. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. As the waters cover the sea. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? It's not about a building. You know what I'm about to do? We're about to buy a tent. I'll tell you, we're going to buy a tent and we're going to go outside. Y'all don't even know. Sometimes when I'm in a room like this, sometimes when I'm in a room like this, I think you guys are like, he's crazy. And my heart just like, is like even more undignified than this. You know, you know that there was a group of people that they had lost the ark. The Philistines had captured the ark. Read about it. They went, this is, this is for free. time is it? I'm okay. They had lost the ark, which was where the presence of God dwelt. And they went to go get, it was David. He went to go reestablish when he became king, the tent. 
And he went to go pick up the Ark of the Covenant, but they didn't properly handle the presence. They were carrying it on a cart. It hit the pothole. Somebody goes to touch it and the person dies. Why? Because there's a right way and a wrong way to approach the presence. So David goes back home. He leaves the Ark at the house of Obed-Edom, who was a Levite. As the Ark is in the house of Obed-Edom, it's there for three months. Everything becomes blessed. Because that's what happens when you host the presence. You think I'm talking about a building. I'm talking about your home. The ultimate goal of the prayer room is for your home to become a prayer room. That's why we want it in every community. Because the ultimate goal is for us to be driven into this place to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set up a room in my house and I'm just going to minister to God. I'm, I'm throwing away my list and I'm going to wait on him. And when he comes, I want to pray what he's praying. Because that's what he's doing. Did you know that? That for 2,000 and something years, he's been praying? That's what Jesus is doing right now. He's interceding on behalf of the harvest wall. And we're in here trying to convince you to do the same. So they grab the ark, and it falls, and David goes back, and then he begins to read, and he finds out, oh, the right way to carry the ark is we got to call the Levites. And so they recognized, they called the Levites because the Ark of the, the Ark of the Test, it was called the Ark of the Testimony. There were so many names that they called it. But it, it rested on the shoulders of the Levites. Oh, that's why I need you to understand. This is why I'm passionate about this because I believe, I believe with all of my heart that his presence is wanting to rest on you. Maybe if we get more worship leaders or maybe, no, no, no. If we can awaken the heart of a people who recognize he wants to use me to carry him. Yeah. So we, the, whole, the, whole, the whole series is called Houses of Glory. Which, what I want you to understand is it's not this house, it's you. And he wants to tabernacle. So they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant back and there's a celebration and David is dancing. He's, he's excited because he knows that when this hits Jerusalem, it's going to break out. But there was an issue because his wife was looking at her, him, and she became offended. See how it gets quiet? Don't talk about me. She became offended by his dance. And David looks at her and he says, what? I'll be even more undignified than this. And it's interesting because the Bible says that from that moment, she was barren. She never gave child. Some of us, ooh, should I say it, Booth? He gave me permission. You're lucky he wasn't here last week. Some of the reason for our barrenness is because we're too busy judging somebody else's expression. doesn't take a staff. Listen, for me, I know what I was delivered from. So if he tells me to scream and to shout and to cry and to wail or to get on my face or to walk outside, whatever you want. Some of us, we've forgotten. But, but the Levitical people, I haven't even made it through point number two. I, I want to open it up with this, and I just want us to chew on this. This is what they did. He specifically chose the Levitical tribe as a holy group separated unto him. 
they were separated. They were consecrated. They were different. They weren't allowed to walk to talk like everyone else. This, this is not a yoke. This is this. Some of you are like, man, this is a, this is a beautiful invitation to something greater. Well, you mean I can't? Like, if you're thinking what you can't do, you're missing out on what's available. God taught them to do two things. How to approach him. This is the first thing. How to approach him and how to properly minister to him and to his people. How to properly engage. How to properly minister. How to, how to, go, how to go horizontal. We have a lot of vertical. Nope, I always get it wrong. We have a lot of vertical. We have a lot of horizontal. We need more vertical. She always helps me. But I'm serious. How many times have we been, have we been in, in, in meetings like this where everything is centered around our lack? Is it just me? Like everything is centered around what we can't do and how do we cope? Instead of realizing there is an upward call. So like when Jesus said in John 12, if I be lifted up, I will draw some men. That to me marked me. It's like, wait, wait, wait. I have, my purpose in gathering is to lift you high, is to exalt you, is to make sure that we move your heart. And it doesn't make it difficult. But this is the issue. You know, I, want, I wanted to show you a picture. There's a picture in the back of the, of the actual camp. And we're going to unpack this. But I want you to see that these were the people of Israel. In the middle, that little whirlwind would be the glory. When, you know, that's their description of it. But there was a tent in the middle, but there were three tribes that were the closest in proximity to the presence. This was the way it was set up every time. They would move, but they would tear it down and they would build it up always in the same way. And this was the pattern. And I want you to understand these three tribes on, on the left, the top, and the right, they were the Levitical people. When they came out of their tents, the first thing they saw was the presence. When they went to bed, the last thing they saw was the presence. Their whole life, this is, this is what I'm saying to you. This is what I believe God is saying to us, that our whole lives are to be encamped around the presence of a person. You feel that tension. You're like, no, no, no. Like, I've given God my 30 minutes. That's amazing, man. I'm so glad, and I really am. But I believe there's an invitation to walk with him. I believe if you ask him, Pastor Tyler was speaking weeks ago, he said, I realized I didn't love the Lord the way I wanted to, so I asked him, teach me how to love you. Yes. This is where I want to establish the plumb line this week. I want to ask you, will you ask the Lord, teach me how to be a person whose whole life is camped around you? Yes. What do I need to get rid of and what do I need to add? Yeah. There's additions and there's subtractions. And there are things we need to ask because we want to be this. I believe God is... I believe he's marked us in this community to do this. I believe that churches, for me, these are churches. And I believe that we are to plow the ground, not because we're better, but to come under. Do you hear me? I believe that people in this region will be blessed because of Abide. I believe that ministers, pastors, leaders will be blessed because we host him. And it's not about me. It's not about a people. He's delivering us and he's calling us together to do something that's bigger than us. Amen. Man, say amen. amen. I need you to believe it. Yes. I need you to believe it. I need us to see you like, well, what about my sin issues? What about it? What about it? 
his relentless pursuit in that God chose them out and these people would constantly give themselves to idolatry. Moses goes up, he comes down, they've built a calf. Moses goes up, he calls, and let everyone who's for the Lord come. You know, this was the last time that the Levites ever fought. The last time the Levites ever grabbed the sword. Moses goes up, comes down, they're in idolatry, and he, it's a solemn call. He stands up and he screams, let all who are for the Lord come. And they came. And then Moses said to the Levites, grab a sword and everybody who didn't come. Some of y'all are like, y'all about to kill people? Stop. A lot of hearing what I'm not saying. But what I am saying is I believe there's to be a separation. You know, what's interesting Yesterday, I was up on the property. Are you okay? I got three people. That's good. (laughs) Yesterday, I was out on the property, and there was a, how many of you know the the storm that went by? There was a storm that went by, and it was was nasty. And somebody called me. They're like, hey, man, a tree fell over on the property. I don't know if you saw it. If you parked on that side, you saw it. A tree literally just fell over. I thought myself, how prophetic is that? Because we had just gone with the landscaping guy and, and talked about all the trees on the property. And what he had told me is there's no trees that need to be cut down because all the trees look good. <laughs> and so now, apparently there was a tree on the property that looked alive on the outside. Let me show you a picture. I want to show Look at the inside, though. So the tree falls, and it falls on a power line, which was meant to illuminate the darkness on the outside of the field. <laughs> Y'all. I know we're prophetic people. Everything means something. But man, I, just, I was praying in here last night, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. That's the essence of religiosity, yeah? That we all gather together and we look pretty. Wow, look how green. You took my tree down. (laughs) Look how green the tree is. And on the inside, it's dead. And so it falls. Not only does it falling affect the tree, but now it's knocked over a power line which stops us from seeing what we need to see on that field. Why, why the upward call? Like, what, what is it really all about? It's for this. Because I believe that we have, we, we have built churches that have built, they have built these, these people. Like, how are you? I'm so great. I kind of wanted to kill myself last night, but I'm good. And we've built environments that where it's not okay to just say, I'm not okay. And so pastors have gotten on stage and pretended like, I never have a bad day, neither should you. And then we see them on articles later on where they kill themselves. And this is the problem that we have. And I say that for this. There's only one remedy. There's only one remedy. There's only one remedy. It's his presence. There's only, I need you to, like, I don't care if you don't hear it. There's only one remedy. There's only one remedy. They go to psychiatrists. They take medicines. They, 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 they talk to other pastors. There's only one remedy. Because he has called us to be a presence people. 
He has called us to be a people that, that hosts him. And we refuse to give ourselves to lesser things. So like on Wednesday night, I was like, man, I was in the room and we were praying and the Lord was like, I want you to prophesy to the dry bones. And I got up on stage. I tried my best to the reggae flow to prophesy to the, <laughs> to the, um, to the four. And then I felt this man to prophesy to the four winds. And then I meet with Ryan. I'm about this, man. We are going to buy a tent. I feel this. This is what we're going to pray for today. Matter of fact, let's stand. Let's stand. How do you like that for a closing? Hey, Cub, you want to come up? Will you agree with me? Yes. I said this a few weeks ago, but I think it, it's worth saying again. All of the people that were a part of the tribes, every one of them, when they would take territory, they were given land. There was an inheritance. So as they would pillage and plunder, I don't think that's what they did. But as they would occupy space, God would give them different things. But the Levites weren't given the same as everyone else. The Lord was very clear to them what, what, what would be their inheritance. And this is what it says. And the Lord said, you shall have no inheritance in their land, neither shall you have any portion among them. For I am your portion and your inheritance. This is what he wants to become to you. And I just felt led to just, I want us to come into agreement as family. Can we do that? You may not feel like you're a powerful prayer person. You gotta be, you gotta get past that. There's power in your words. And what I'm believing for right now is that God would awaken our spirits. And I was going to read a whole different thing. I didn't even talk about it. But in the book of Haggai, there, was, there were a people. The temple of God had been torn down. And God comes to them and he confronts them. And he says this, why are you living in your luxurious homes and building your own kingdoms? why my temple has been torn down. And I feel like that's what he's awakening us to today. I don't, I'm not telling you to give up your stuff. I'm not telling you, like, that's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is, I believe that the church as a whole has been broken down. And I believe God is calling different communities to, to stand in the gap and to say, I'll build that. In a new way. In a healthy way. So I just want us to be still for a moment. Let's just be still before the Lord for just a moment. And then we're going to pray as he leads us. Oh, Jesus, we pray that you will work us. Just don't be distracted.
said, be still and know. We need to know you. We're desperate to know you. Would you reveal yourself to us? Father, would you break down right now any bit of idolatry? Simply, Lord, anything that stands in the way of us stepping into what you're calling us to as a community, would we joyfully lay it down? Faith. Man, I feel faith. Faith. to as a community just come into agreement with this and I feel like there's some of you specifically you know I was going to talk about something different but I felt that God wanted to mark some of us with this call so I'm just simply going to ask man if you felt a tug while I was speaking and, and kind of speaking about what I see I just want you to come up and I want to lay hands and come into agreement I'm going to ask Jalen Jalen you can come up man Jalen was the first person that God actually spoke to me about being a Levite. So I simply, I simply want to come into agreement. If there's anyone else, you can just come up now. Just think you're out of your seat. We're just going to pray and come into agreement. I just need a few people. And there's no shame. Like, we're going to continue to speak this. But there's some of you who have faith for this right now. You have faith for this right now. So just make your way. We're going to pray in just a few moments. I want to give you time. I want you to understand that you're saying yes to something big. Jesus. Would you begin to pray? Would you just begin to pray? Just pray. Just begin to pray for just a few moments. Father, stir. 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 Oh, we thank you for watching Come on, just for a few moments, just pray. Just pray. Father, awaken us. Awaken us to your realities, God. Awaken us. Give us bigger dreams. Would you blow your wind? Would you stir spirits and move hearts? Would you stir spirits and move hearts? Father, we've committed ourselves. We've committed ourselves, God. Holy and consecrated unto you, God.
Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. We speak life. We speak abundance. We speak peace. We speak healing. We thank you for more. More. Deeper still. Deeper still. Deeper still. Deeper still. Come on, some of you, God is wanting to go deeper still. Deeper still, Father. Would you dig up the old wells, God? Would you stir? Would you stir? Would you awaken us to your realities, God? relent for just a few moments we got to press in we got to press in five more minutes come on Just wanna see your beauty. So put me anywhere. Just put your spirit in me, and I'll surrender. I just wanna see your beauty. So put me anywhere. And I'll. I just want to see Father, we thank you. Hey, can we just, let's just prophetically agree right now. Father, we thank you right now in Jesus' name. God, that you're bringing in the harvest. Father, we prophesy life over our community, Father, and we thank you that your glory will rest, that your glory will rest over Tampa Bay, that your glory will rest over Lithia, Father. And I thank you, God, that perfect love, it casts out all fear. So right now, Father, we speak against the spirit of fear, against the spirit of control, God, and we speak life. We speak life over families. We speak life over communities, God, and we ask that people would be awakened to the reality of your goodness, God. God, we thank you that there is no heart that is too far. There is no heart that has grown too cold. We ask that your fire and your presence would fall on hearts. Come on, I need agreement that your fire and your presence would fall on hearts, God, and that you would awaken us to the, oh, to the place of prayer. God, I thank you that you are awakening a Levitical people, that you are awakening a remnant, that you are awakening a remnant, God, that will hold their place on the wall, that would restore, that would restore the broken places. Jesus, I even speak over hearts and minds right now in this room. People that are wrestling, people that feel confused. 
I speak against doubt right now that it would be broken that you would help us to see God that there's so much more there's so much more to Christianity than Sunday mornings you called us friend some of you need to hear that he calls you friend he calls you friend Father, we ask that you break any hardness of heart. God, I thank you that your love goes beyond understanding. We don't have to understand. We just have to say yes. So as a community, we say yes. As a community, we say yes. We come into agreement, God. Have your way. Your way is better. Your way is better. I thank you that you're breaking addiction off of our community. You're breaking off prostitution. You're breaking off sex trafficking. We need to have faith for this, guys. God, I thank you that we declare our, 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 our area a cancer-free zone. We believe that you paid the price. We speak wholeness, mental healing over every heart. We speak against depression. We speak against anxiety. And we bind it over our community in Jesus' name. He's giving us faith for this. God, I thank you that you are raising up revivalists out of this house that will be sent. We will be misunderstood. <laughs> And they think they will think we're crazy, but we will we will see your kingdom come. Yes. We will see your kingdom come. Hallelujah. We will see your kingdom come. Raise your hands. I just want to bless you. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I bless every person in this place. I bless their children, I bless their families. I bless their home as places of peace. And I speak that any spirit of condemnation and guilt would be broken in Jesus' name. Right now. That every weight that would try to attach itself, that would say, I'm not good enough, I'm not doing enough, I'm not a good enough Christian, would be broken right now in Jesus' name. I thank you that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And Father, I ask for faith. We bless them with faith. Faith. And that the shalom of God, your peace, would wrap around them that it would wrap around them and that it would break down every wall. We bless their coming and their going. We bless them with spiritual hunger. Spiritual hunger like never before. I prophesy gone are the days where you say, I wish I could be hungry like that. I prophesy life and hunger. Father, do it. In Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. And amen. Huh. Was that okay? Hey, listen, I really believe that the next few weeks are really important for us. As a community, as a, as a tribe, it's really important for us to catch a hold of what he's doing. Because every single one of you plays a different part. Some of you are never going to hold a microphone, and that's okay. Some of you are not going to pray the way we pray, and that's okay.